It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy Jake. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the football fanatics. I got stats and analytics guru, Dan Rivera, in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter, Dan Rivera 228. And I got the grinder of all sports, Jay Smoove, in the house. You guys can find him at Smoove underscore 702 on Twitter. And you can find us all at the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. NFL Week 10. Uh, Dan, Smoove, and myself, we're going to go ahead. We're going to break down six games for you, and are we going to do the Monday night, Dan, or no? You want to do Monday? Uh, why not? Let's do Monday. So it's the 49ers, so Smooth's here. Uh, that's his team. Uh, so, Dan, you voting yes? We do Monday night or what? Yeah, because we missed Smooth a couple of weeks ago just ripping into this Niners team, and that is one guy I trust, him and McKenzie, just give me – the details, the analysis, the I hate Kyle Shanahan or I love Kyle Shanahan type players. No BS. They give it straight to you what they think from a fan and a gambling perspective. So, yes, Sleepy, let's do Monday Night Football here. All right, cool. We'll, we'll leave Smooth. He doesn't get a vote for this one because, you know, I don't want to let him off the hook and be like, I don't even want to talk about this team. But he'll be talking about him. Let's jump into the first game. We got the Bills and the Jets. Uh, Bills going to be laying minus 12 and a half here. We have a total of 47. Uh, as of right now, it looks like Zach Wilson's going to be out. Uh, also for the Bills, it looks like Tremaine Edmonds is, is probably going to be out as well. Right now, he's listed as as doubtful. So uh, those are like two key injuries for that game. I'll go first on this one. I like the over in this game. I think the Bills bounce back offensively. Uh, last week, they lose against the Jaguars. They put up a measly six points. Um, that's not going to go over well in the locker room. I believe that the, you know that, that team left a lot of points off the board last week. You know, we've seen this Jets defense. It's been absolutely terrible, um, especially the last couple of weeks. I think the Bills put up somewhere in the 30 area. And if you think that the if you think the Bills are going to be able to hold the Jets down, uh, I don't believe that. With Mike White at quarterback, this Jets offense is completely different. It's a completely different run offense. Uh, they're running faster, throwing the ball to the running backs, throwing the ball to wide receivers. So I think the Jets will score points. Uh, last week, um, was it Josh Johnson? I mean, he had 340 yards, so... Maybe it's just Zach Wilson. Maybe they got the wrong guy. Uh, when when your your second string and your third string outperform um, your 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 draft pick uh, best game, it's not a good sign. So I like the over in this one. I think this one flies way over. Um, there's nothing anybody could do to talk me out of that. I think the numbers is way too low. I could see the Bills getting in the 30s, Jets getting in the 20s, and this one going over. How about you, Dan? How you looking at that one? I agree with you here, Sleepy. I had Bills as a survivor pick, whatever, not bitter. Way to go, Josh Allen. But I watched a lot of that game. That Bills team last week was the most undisciplined. I've seen them in the last probably 18 months going back to last year. Penalties. And I'm not talking about like false starts or holdings. I'm talking about like dumb penalties. There's a lot of like pushing and shoving and going on between these two teams. I did think the refs did play a little bit into this. But the fact that you put up six points. The fact that you had, I believe, three tone turnovers, and they just weren't like random like turnovers. They were just like, Josh Allen, what are you doing? Bad picks, fumbles, him trying to do too much. And one thing that the Bills suffer from, they were missing a couple of offensive linemen. I think that was a big deal. But the Jaguars got pressure all day on Josh Allen. That was a team who would get a lot of pressure. But when you can't run the ball, and I know it's 2021 NFL. I know running backs really don't matter. But when you can't even try to run the ball, it makes you so, so one-dimensional. It makes you very predictable. And if you're a defense and you know they're not a threat to run, I'm just going to pin my ears back and get pressure on you. 
I don't know why the Bills weren't throwing to Stephon Diggs last week either, because every time he got the ball, he made some plays. So I'm with you, Sleepy. I think the Bills go back to their normal form. That was the most pathetic loss from them, probably going back to last year. So I'll go with you on the over here, especially with Mike White at quarterback and the Bills having some injuries on the defense. I think sometimes people look at, you know, uh, all right, hey, they lost, they're going to bounce back. But, you know, that that could be a – you know, home field advantage that could be a home game playoff uh, disaster for them coming the end of the year. So uh, there's no way in hell that I don't think that they respond, you know, with a really good week at practice and, and a really good game against this Jets defense. How about you, Smooth? Any thoughts on that game? Yeah, um, there's a, a couple angles that I would look at for this matchup. I would look at maybe uh, the Bills, you know, team total over and maybe Josh Allen's, you know, uh, passing yards prop to the over. You know, that game that you guys were talking about last week against the Jaguars, I have no idea you know, how they were held to six points against the Jags. So I think that, you know, Allen has a, you know, bounce back performance against, you know, the Jets defense that's, you know, uh, second to worst when it comes to giving up passing yards. And, you know, the Bills offense, they average about 30 points and Jets defense gives up about 30 points. So I think it'll be a big bounce back performance for, um, <clears throat> for Buffalo and the offense with led by Josh Allen. So I would look at those two angles to attack. And, you know, I kind of agree with you with the uh, plan, playing the over as well, Sleepy. But just seeing how, you know, the the Bills defense, um, you know, they lost. And even though they only gave up nine points, um, you know, last week to the Jags, you know, like you already mentioned, um, this Jets offense uh, with Mike White back there, they just, um, you know, he's just, you know, making the right decisions and, and getting the ball out quick and on time, you know, to to the weapons when they become open. So I think he's a little bit more experienced than the Zach Wilson. So um, them, the Jets going to him for another week, I think it makes sense for them. And so I think both teams will score some points here, but I'm more confident in the Bills here uh, putting up at least 30 and, and going over whatever their team total pro- team total is going to be. All right, good stuff there. Smooth, glad to hear a bunch of that stuff. And I think the Bills' defense, you know, as I mentioned, Tremaine Edmonds might actually be out. But, you know, you you they played their rear ends off last week. And it was like, well, what did they get for it? Nothing. You know, they got it's like, you know, it's sending out your, your starting pitcher and he, you know, uh, pitches almost a complete game and, and, and the offense doesn't score, you know, at all. It, it's kind of uh, – it's got to be irritating. So – I wonder if they're worn out. I wonder if they're frustrated and it's like, well, point the finger at the offense. It's like, all right, you guys step it up. You know, we're going to maybe relax a little bit this week. Let's jump into the Lions. Let's jump into the Steelers. Uh, Lions will be on the road here at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh going to be minus nine. Uh, Total right now, 42 and a half. Uh, One questionable guy on here. It looks like Chase Claypool has a little bit of a toe issue. Uh, I guess he did not practice today. So that's something that we should go ahead and look at. Uh, Dan, I'll go ahead. I'll throw it to you first. Steelers minus the nine. What are you thinking? There's two thoughts here. I'm going to pass this game because, Sleepy, I've been doing this long enough with you now, and I believe I either texted you or Mackenzie about this, but it'd be the most Steelers thing possible. A team that plays down to their competition. They do it even when they're good and when they're bad. They just play down to these crappy teams. And if you're the Lions, you're coming off your bye week, I haven't seen it yet in the media. I've seen some jokes, but I haven't seen it discussed hardcore yet. Is this team going to go 0 and 17? If you're the Lions, you got the extra prep time. The Steelers team is something I don't want to back. I just don't want to back Big Ben just because that's a pretty big back door. And let's say the Lions do come out and show up this week. 
at nine points, you're relying on that Steelers offense. And I just don't want to be back there backing it, but I really don't want to back the Lions either because if the Lions come out and lose by 40, I wouldn't be surprised. If the Lions win by three or four points, I wouldn't be surprised. So there seems like there's just no value to me on either side right now because I can talk myself into either side. But my issue with the Steelers is last week we saw Justin Fields almost win that game, miss that last second field goal. That was a bit of a phony final score because when the Steelers were up by about 10-ish points, about 7 to 10 points mid-fourth, they had that fumble that went against them and the Bears scoop and scored. And then the next thing you know, all of a sudden, it's a three-point game. So you get a bit of a phony final score there. I don't know what would have happened if the Steelers didn't fumble there. So I'm a little concerned about that. I think it was just a fluky play. But overall, I just can't back either team, and I want nothing to do with the side. So I'm just going to pass. I would probably back the Lions here and take the nine, but I think that this is a game in which, you know, you can go ahead and sprinkle some on the Lions money line. You know, that team's coming off of a bye. And on top of that, Pittsburgh's coming off of, you know, a cliffhanger, um, a game that they, they very well could have ended up losing. Um, and, and the Pittsburgh offense, it's not like it's, you know, if you can't get margin against the Bears, are you going to get margin against you know, the Lions off a week's rest, and you know that that team um, has been fighting all year long. So I believe this is like one of those weird variance type games. Uh, I would take the Lions with the nine, uh, but I actually think that that you have to sprinkle something here on the Lions, uh, on the money line. I just think that that's a wager that you kind of have to make uh, because they can't win this game outright. How about you, Smoothie? Got any thoughts on that one? I think that the the Lions will have a better effort. You know, the, the last game going – into the bye against the Eagles. Um, I think I don't think anybody saw that blowout coming, you know, when they lost 44 to six. So I think just uh, looking at any team that gets blown out like they did, just comes out and plays, you know, a lot harder and better in their next game. And just talking a little bit about the Steelers, um, you know, them laying seven on Monday night against the Bears in that offense um, where the Bears, you know, had a chance, uh, had a chance to, to kind of win that game close. And just uh, you see the progression of Justin Fields. So, and that Steelers defense is, uh, you know, one of the best in the league. So I think they had a little bit of a letdown performance there. So I think they'll bounce back. But, you know, this total is a little bit too low for me to get involved with. Um, I don't think that, you know, the Steelers are explosive enough offensively. And uh, obviously the Lions, I don't think that they're explosive at all. So I don't think either side has, you know, a huge discrepancy of a, of an advantage, even though the Lions defense is pretty bad. The Pittsburgh offense is just an, is an explosive, I think not to take advantage of it. So um, I would look to, to, to pass this, pass this game. You know, if I did get involved, it would look to be, you know, get involved with the total and playing it under, but seeing that it's at 42 and a half or 42, uh, which is pretty low. I would just look to pass altogether. All right. Good stuff there. Smooth. I felt like the total was uh I felt like the total was kind of like spot on there. I was like, well, I'd like to go under in that game, but 42 and a half, uh, kind of low. Let's jump over to the Colts and the Jaguars. Jaguars will be on the road here in Indy. Line on this game, Colts minus 10, minus 10 and a half. We have a total of 47 and a half. Dan, you know this Indy team well. How are they looking right now? How are you feeling about this game? Healthy. They're looking healthy. And I don't know when you could say that. It's probably the first time. Like last two or three weeks, you can say they're healthy. And I know they've been getting healthier on the defensive side of ball, but I'm talking about the offensive line. As we record this, their right tackle, Brandon Smith, 
is on pace to play. He's a game-time decision, last I heard from Frank Reich. And this goes back to my Bills handicap. The Bills, like I said, they cannot run the ball, and they couldn't even try. This Colts team, oh, they're going to run down your throat, and they want to run. You've seen the Colts finally start using Jonathan Taylor. I know Carson Wentz has his issues, and they're pretty bad. Like that Titans game where he threw some just really bad interceptions when he should have took some of those checkdowns or not forces so much. But the Colts beat up on bad teams. If you go look at their wins, they're pretty much bad teams for the most part. I know they probably should beat the Ravens. They probably should beat the Titans at least once. But that's that's hearsay. But anyways, this team is just healthy on the offensive line. I believe they're going to run it with Jonathan Taylor. And you're the Jaguars. You got that monkey off your back, finally, because all the stats the Jaguars were, and I said this with McKenzie, the Jaguars have not won a home game on U.S. soil going back to last year, prior to last week. Did the Jaguars show up this week? He got that huge win. They looked really happy. Trevor Lawrence's ankle, I believe he's going to be fine. I think he was questionable as we record this, but I'm pretty sure it's just precautionary questionable. So I'm going to kind of look at the Colts to continue their trailblazing-type mentality against these crappy teams and cover the 10. At 10.5, I don't want to deal with it because there's just 10s out there right now. But the Colts should run the ball. The Colts should be fine on defense. They should be fine on offense. So I think the Colts win here by about 14-plus points, Sleepy. I just can't, or my pro, my apologies, my personal philosophy is crappy teams off good wins against good teams. I like fading them the following week, and vice versa with good teams off crappy losses. I like playing on them the next week for the most part, pending things like injury, travel, COVID-type stuff. But this is just a scenario I can see the Colts coming out here dropping 31 points. And then, like, the Jaguars is looking bad most of the game. And then, so I was putting up 14 or 17 garbage time points toward the end. So, I'll take the Colts minus 10 this week. All right, Dan, I'm going to go ahead and back the Colts there. I particularly don't like this game. I don't want to lay all those points with the Colts, and I don't want to take them with the Jaguars. Um, you know, I, when I was a kid, I was a part of some really bad teams, you know, on baseball, football, basketball. And, you know, every now and again, we snuck out you know, one of those big wins, those, you know, kind of shocker uh, kind of moments. And, you know, we, we'd go into the next game um, all fired up, ready to go, thinking that we can hang with the next team. And then, you know, kind of reality kind of surfaced. But I think the Jaguars come into this game, in particular the first quarter, you know, ready to slug it out. And I would probably look at them maybe in the first quarter, uh, maybe potentially even in the first half. And then I think eventually kind of reality will sit in. Uh, I would I like the Jaguars regardless of the fact uh, quite a bit in the first quarter here. I think they'll come out slugging it out. I think the defense will play as well as it possibly can. The offense will play as well as it possibly can. And I think the Jaguars will keep at least the first quarter tight. And they might actually win the first quarter. But they're, they're definitely going to come out, you know, not just, you know, resting on their laurels that they beat the Bills. You know, that's a big win for that team. I think it's something that they can, you know, really stick in their back pocket. It's something that they can believe in. Um, because I mean, one way or another, you kind of are what that performance was like, are the Jaguars really that good? Well, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like they were coming off of a buy. Maybe there was something said, maybe there was, you know, a whole lot of things going on. Maybe, you know, they had a a band of brothers and, you know, they had a a sit down talk with the coach or whatever, who knows? Uh, but something got them to hold the bills to six points. Uh, that's, there's something different there. That's just not the Bills just played bad. There's something there, uh, and I don't know what it is. So um, I'm relying on that to, to, to go ahead and, and, and you know, kind of 
cruise right in here to the first quarter. So that's where I'm at right now with this game. Don't particularly like anything really but the Jaguars in the first quarter. How about you, Smooth? You got any thoughts on that game? I like the Jazz getting points here at the 10 or uh, 10 and a half. Um, this spot for the Colts kind of reminds me last week um, that the Cowboys spot was in against the Broncos. I backed the Broncos in that spot. And, you know, the Cowboys was playing really well coming into that game. And they was, you know, heavily backed by the public getting a majority of the money and the tickets. And the Broncos had just traded away, you know, their, you know, kind of their face of the franchise for a while. And um, they was getting better on offense, getting Judy back. And they came out and I didn't predict a win, but, you know, they, you know, hung in there and, and pulled it out. So I kind of think the Colts are in the same spot here. You know, over their last four games, they went three and one, could easily win four and no, uh, had a close loss Monday night against Tennessee and coming off a, a pretty big win against the Jets in their last game, went about 15. And, you know, after this game, you know, up next for the Colts, they have the Bills and the Bucks. So I think it's an easy, you know, uh, look ahead spot for the Colts, seeing, you know, seeing how bad the Jaguars are. And, you know, the Jaguars, they're a bad team. You know, they had a lot of, they have a lot of, you know, uh, growing to do and developing to do. But uh, teams like that coming off their first win, you know, they're still riding high and, you know, feel like they can get at least one more, play harder, uh, play harder well enough, you know, for another week. So I would take the Jags here. Um, I think they'll have a, a better uh, performance um, than they did last week, only getting nine points. And my numbers make this only uh, the Colts, you know, 6.55 points better than the Jaguars. So, you know, less than a touchdown. So I'll grab the Jaguars with 10 and a half. And I think they'll stay within that number. All right. Good stuff there. Let's jump over to the Bucks. Let's jump over to Washington. Uh, Buccaneers going to be on the road here, uh, laying nine and a half, 10 points. We have a total of 51 and a half. It uh, looks right now, at least from the reports that I've read, that Antonio Brown and Gronk are probably not going to play in this game. Uh, last I heard, A.B. was uh, he was allowed to be jogging, something like that. And I think the same thing was said for uh, for Gronkowski. Uh, Godwin right now, he's uh, listed as like highly questionable too. I would play Washington in this game. I'll, I'll take the points here. Uh, both teams are coming off of a bye. You have to ask yourself, you know, with, with the Bucks right now, you know, do they really care about margin? You know, I think there's some games in the NFL at certain times of the year with certain teams that, you know, margin is important to them. But the Bucks just want to get in here, get a win and get the hell out of town. Uh, get, get you know, get, get ready for, you know, the late, you know, late November, December push. Uh, but I think Washington's a team that, you know, they were banged up. You know, they weren't healthy for a while. Gibson was dealing with some stuff. Heineke had some issues as well. Uh, just going out there and getting his footing and, and, you know, doing his thing. But look, Washington, uh, they need to go ahead and produce, you know, on the field and, and get a win here in some way, shape or form, or at least, you know, be competitive. So it's just too many points for me to go ahead and uh, and take Tampa Bay here. If I can get Tampa maybe down to minus two and a half, uh, I would consider it. But still, I think that Washington, you know, was live in this game and, you know, it could be a one, two, maybe three point game. So uh, it, it would be tough for me to even pull the trigger on on teasing the Bucks down. So Washington plus the nine and a half plus the ten. Um, that's that's the way I'll go on that one. What about you, Dan? I'm with you, Sleepy. I don't want to back the Bucks. I wouldn't be surprised if they get margin, but I wouldn't be surprised if Washington backdoors this. I think you just got to take Bucks in a teaser or completely pass the game. If you're into player props, Tyler Johnson is a guy I'd be looking to this week. 
I just don't know what you do with the Bucks here. Antonio Brown is Tom Brady's guy. Gronkowski, Brady's guy. Uh, Chris Godwin, probably not going to play. I know he's list, officially listed questionable as we record this, but from the sounds of it, it's just like we have no idea. And my guess is if you're the Bucks, why risk him if he got wide receiver depth? I believe Mike Evans is going to play last I checked, but then again, this has been rotating, and I haven't seen any injury reports yet for him. But if you only have Mike Evans, Tyler Johnson – I think you're okay with that. So I'm just going to lean Washington because I don't like backing bad teams. I see Washington because they're just a terrible home team going back to last year. They only beat divisional opponents or they just get blown out at home. That's still, that's what I've noticed last year with this Washington team. Lean Washington. Look to Tyler Johnson, wide receiver props. All right. Good stuff there. How about you, Smooth Bucks? Washington, what are you thinking? You know, I'm going to look at um... – Tom Brady's player uh, passing props to go over. Um, coming off a bye in their last game, you know, going up against the Saints defense um, without Antonio Brown and and Rob Gronkowski. But he still threw for 375 yards and four TDs, had a couple picks there that probably was the difference in the game. Um, and that was one of the best uh, defenses in the league. And now he's going up against, you know, one of the worst defenses in the league, especially when it comes to the pass with Washington ranking 32nd, giving up 286 yards a game through the air. And with Tom Brady kind of being the favorite, a co-favorite for the MVP, um, you know, I think, you know, these are the type of games that he could kind of build on top of that resume. And I know, um, you know, AB is going to be out again and Gronk likely will be out again and and Godwin probably questionable now, but uh, like Dan mentioned, uh, Tyler Johnson, um, second year player uh, coming into the draft. He was one of the best, one of the best uh, receivers coming into the draft out of Minnesota. And you still have Mike Evans. So I think they still have, you know, uh, enough weapons to still, you know, not have too many changes to their game plan, you know, being such an air raid offense, you know, led by Tom Brady. So um, the, the, the bet that I would have coming out of this game would be, you know, looking at Brady's passing yards to go over. All right. Solid stuff on that one. I don't disagree with that either. Brady's going out there trying to break records, so you never know what he'll do. How about Panthers and Cardinals? Uh, cards right now are going to be minus 10, minus 10 and a half. We have a total of 44 in this one. Uh, Sam Darnold is out. Uh, put, he, they put him on the IR, so um, it's a good thing for Carolina. He'll be out for three games. Uh, Kyler Murray still questionable uh, from all the reports that I've read, but I think the most important that I've read uh, as far as a report on Murray was actually, you know, himself actually saying that, you know, he anticipates to actually play on Sunday. So I actually believe that this line is being set uh, right now that that Murray is going to play. If Murray was not going to play, I believe this line probably somewhere around minus seven and a half, maybe a minus eight, somewhere in that area. Uh, but for me, uh, I don't know how you back the Panthers here. Uh, I don't even know what to say about Sam Darnold. I there's no way in hell that anybody would even start him next year. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I think the guy stinks. I've been calling for his job for four years now. I'm getting tired of even listening to myself. Um, maybe the Cardinals. I would take the Cardinals here, to be honest with you. I would, lay, I would lay the wood with Arizona. I think they got big things on their mind, and they know another win is, uh, you know, in, in another week. Uh, is is you know another week that other teams could lose and you know they they if they can get home field advantage you know God only knows what that team could do uh, they're just the far superior team right now 
Uh, I don't think the Panthers, even with P.J. Walker, Darnold, doesn't really matter who, who they have on that side of the ball. Uh, and with McCaffrey coming back, that's a, that's a really good thing for that team. But um, I don't know. You just got to ask yourself how motivated is that team right now? They started out really well, uh, but they've fallen off, you know, fallen off the cliff. So, you know, insert new quarterback. You know, how many reps does he have with these starters? I mean, for, not many. So um, it would be the Cardinals for me. I, I, I really don't like the game overall. Smooth, how about you? What are you thinking? If this was any other week when the Panthers wasn't going up against the Cardinals, um, I would look to back the Panthers because, you know, earlier in the season and watching, you know, the Panthers throughout the preseason, the first few weeks before Darnold got hurt, um, I was drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit, thinking that, you know, him getting a, a change of scenery, going with Matt Rule and Joe Brady, he'll be better. And um, he was looking like that for, you know, for a minute. And, um, you know, just re- over the last few weeks, he just reverted back to, his play from the Jets and, you know, even a worse, you know, you look at his game that he had last week against the Patriots. So I, I think him being out isn't, you know, isn't much to be, uh, shouldn't be much to be made of because, you know, PJ Walker, you know, like I, I think I mentioned last week, I like him and, you know, he has history with Matt Rule, but just going up against this Cardinals defense, that's, you know, top five in the league, um, top five, you know, in the passing game, giving up yards, giving up, the fifth uh, least amount of yards throughout the air, um, it would just be a pass for me. And also not knowing the certainty of um, of Kyler Murray, you know, if he plays or, even, or if he doesn't play, if he does play, he's not, you know, going to be 100% and the number's just too big for me to get involved. So I'll just end up passing this game, you know, altogether. But I think, you know, moving forward after this week, um, I do think there'll be some value with the Panthers with PJ Walker under center, you know, while Sam Darnold's out. All right, good thoughts there, Smooth. How about you, Dan? How are you feeling about Panthers and Cardinals? I'm with you guys. I was pretty high on Sam Darnold myself. I love the Panthers to start the year. Who the hell said I was high on Sam Darnold? My apologies. I was high on Sam Darnold. I just want to see if you're paying attention or not. But anyways. He sucks. Start start out all over. Don't include me in A at Sam Darnold. Yeah, I don't want to be included in that shit. We should leave that in there. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Three, three, two, one. I was pretty high coming up in Sam Darnold coming into the year. New team, new scenery, much better offense, just completely better everything. He hasn't performed. Something the Panthers have struggled with, and it's something in the draft they had to make a choice on. Either their secondary or their offensive line was going to be dressed in the draft. And they went with secondary. Sam Darnold struggled with the New York Jets because they gave up pressure. Once again, the Carolina Panthers team gives up pressure. I know Christian McCaffrey's not there, but you got to be better than what he has been. You have DJ Moore. I don't know what that what's going on with Rodney Anderson and Sam Darnold. It just didn't make sense to me. You should have been on the same page. You got weapons there, so I, I think it's time to move on. I know people rip the Carolina Panthers for not drafting a quarterback in the draft. But then again, they don't hold the Broncos to that standard because the Broncos definitely didn't have a quarterback, but that's a different tangent for a different podcast. Do the Cardinals let Kyler Murray be Kyler Murray? Does he run around? He hasn't been running around much this year. But if you're on his ankle, you have Seattle coming up and a bye week. Do you kind of just let him let loose, let him do the normal thing, throw it around? Because if you're the Arizona Cardinals, let's say you go out and play Kyler Murray this week, he gets hurt again with the high ankle sprain. That's another two or three week nagging injury. So I hope the Cardinals take care of him. 
I can't back PJ Walker Carolina offense with him last year. Wasn't very good either. It's just I don't know how much Carolina has in the tank here. And this is where you can see the Cardinals really start going for that one seed, especially with the Rams losing last week to the Titans. If you can win this game at next week, and maybe the Rams drop a game between now and then because the Rams schedule gets more difficult for the rest of the year, you can start getting some separation going for that one seed. I'll lean the Cardinals here until we know Kyler Murray's okay, but I think he's going to play this game. But I just can't back P.J. Walker in the Carolina offense right now. So I'll lean Cardinals. All right, good stuff there, Dan. Thanks for clearing up all the uh, confusion in the beginning there. Um, Let's jump over to the Seahawks and the Packers. Uh, Green Bay going to be minus three and a half. We have a total of 49 and a half. Uh, we, a lot of us know the news right now. Russell Wilson more than likely is coming back to play this week. And Aaron Rodgers has said if he clears protocols, he expects to go ahead and, uh, and go ahead and be the starter here. If Wilson's in there and Rodgers is in there, I'm playing the over, over 49 and a half. Uh, Wilson's not going to just hand off the football uh, to Chris Carson, who um, they're, they're glad they even got him back in the lineup. So, uh, if Wilson's ready to go, um, he's not going to go out there 50%. I don't believe so. Uh, he's going to go out there feeling pretty damn good. And with Lockett and Metcalf out there, uh, good luck trying to slow that team down. I still think the Seahawks are going to beat a bunch of good teams this year. And they could very, very easily beat Green Bay here. And, you know, the Packers, you know, for you know for what it's worth, this is one of the teams that they've struggled with uh, over the last couple of years. But, look, Green Bay's playing good football. Um, they almost got a win last week against Kansas City on the road. Um, I think that that Rodgers and, and you know Lafleur want to go ahead and, and get a win over this team, a good convincing win. Uh, not sure if they'll do that. I don't want to lay the points here. I don't want to take them, but I just I see a lot of fireworks in this game, a lot of points in this one. So it's over forty nine and a half for me. Uh, I could see both teams high twenties, somebody getting to the thirties here. So. Uh, I don't see how this one doesn't hit 50. How about you, Smooth? How are you feeling about the Hawks and the Packers? You know, just looking at this game a little bit, and before um, you were giving your, you know, your thoughts on the game, you know, I was kind of leaning towards the under here. You know, both defenses are pretty good, giving up either 21 points a game or less. And I think it's some value with the number being the total being set that high at 49, 49 and a half, you know, just uh, assuming that these guys are going to come out and, and, and put up some points. But um, just hearing your handicap a little bit, it kind of has me not as confident on, you know, looking at playing the under. And, you know, when you look at, you know, quarterbacks of, of this magnitude, talking about Aaron Rodgers and, and Russell Wilson potentially coming back, you know, it doesn't take much for them to get in the rhythm and, you know, uh, put up, you know, put up some quick points you know, in a hurry, and, and, and both of them have uh, a real uh, legit, you know, wide receiver one threat out there. We're talking about DK Metcalf and Devontae Adams. So um, I'll probably end up passing this game and, and just enjoy, you know, watching it and, and seeing what I can, you know, take out of this matchup moving forward. But, yeah, I would uh, – your handicap, you know, back me off of, you know, looking at, you know, back in the under. So I'll end up passing. All right, so Smooth's going to go ahead and pass on that game. Let's jump into Monday Night Football. Uh, we have the Rams. We have the 49ers. 49ers are going to be at home here. Rams four-point favorite. We have a total of 49. Now, I do want to go ahead. I want to get Smooth's opinion on this one. Uh, but first, I'm going to start out with Dan. I'm curious what he thinks. Um, I have a weird thought with this particular game, but go ahead, Dan. I'll let you go and rip a run first. Rams last week looked like crap, and we all saw it. I don't know what Sean McVay and that offense of game plan was in the first half. It just seems like that entire first half was a waste of time. 
And that really put pressure on the rest of the game, and they couldn't apparently come back here. In that game, the Titans got a lot of pressure up the middle between the guard center guard. And for some odd reason, Sean McVay wasn't having Matt Stafford roll out, which he saw him do in the second half and get him outside that pocket and away from the pressure. Something else I didn't understand from the Rams last week was, I think Stafford's hurt again. He had the lower back injury all last week. I haven't seen any reports this week, but those lower back injuries, we all know that can just nag. They have the Niners in a bye week, so I don't know what they'll do this week in terms of the game plan. I hope to get him outside the pocket. On the flip side, though, that was a pathetic loss from the Niners. Last year, the Niners, the backup QB, when the Cardinals were like six or seven point favorites at Arizona, San Francisco went down there and beat them outright. It looks like Keith Kingsbury and co. returned the favor this year, taking their backup QB, missing some key players, and beat the Niners straight up this year when the Niners should have probably won that game. I'm just going to pass because you just have two teams, good, or at least average to slightly above average teams off bad games. And usually I like backing those teams, but you had the same scenario. I think it's just one of those games I'm going to kick my feet up and relax and watch the game. But correct me if I'm wrong, Sleepy. Hasn't the Niners had the Rams number the last few years? That I couldn't tell you. I believe Smooth probably would know the answer to that. Yeah, they won all four matchups last year. All right. That's what I thought. It's just the Niners have their number. I, I are the Niners done with Jimmy Garoppolo? Two weeks ago versus Chicago, Jimmy Garoppolo, really awesome. The week before that, in that hailstorm, hurricane-type weather, rain, didn't look so good. You can chalk that up to maybe the bad weather. But last week, to the Cardinals, that was pathetic from that offense. So when do we start hearing the Trey Lance, assuming he's healthy? Because I know he's been missing a couple of weeks with that injury. I think he's good to go now. But if Trey Lance is fragile, you got to be careful with him. Maybe the Niners are done for the year. I'm not really sure what to do with that team. And people are calling for Kyle Shanahan. They're questioning his judgment now in that offense, which I think is fair game. But I, I just don't know what to do with the Niners anymore. Rams, I think every game, every good team, every Super Bowl contender S teams, even the good teams in the NFL, if you look through a whole season, they're going to have some really, really bad games. For example, Titans week one, terrible. Rams last week terrible bills last week just terrible and then that starts to even out for the year and then you'll see these teams i mentioned above they'll go out and win a game by 30 40 points and look unbeatable as the world so i don't put much emphasis or much stock into that loss assuming matt stafford is not hurt but it's matt stafford so i think matt stafford's fine and good to go he does that have that extra day of rest so if his lower back is good to go and i think he's good to go for the year i think the rams will be fine rest of the year so I'll lean Rams here until we know about Matt Stafford, but I think it's ultimately going to be a good game to watch. You know what? I think this is probably one of the trap games of the year. If you take a look at what San Francisco did in their last game against the Cardinals, against the backup quarterback, uh, they were projected to, I don't know, maybe win the game. And they go out there and they got crunched. And you look at what the Rams did. They played Tennessee at home, laying a bunch of points, and they got crunched. This line should not be Rams minus four. On any given other weekend, if if circumstances were different, this line would be Rams minus seven. The line's telling you that San Francisco is not only live in this game, that there's a very good chance that they can win. And the books are setting a line out there, Rams four, trying to get you to back the Rams. 
So I'm playing San Francisco in a teaser. I believe San Francisco has a different mentality coming into this game. Is their season on the line? Yeah, they're three and five. You know, could they turn things around? I guess it's possible. But I think it's more of a man up type of game. It's like, dude, like, how do we lose against these guys with a backup quarterback? Like, you know, we, we've been having like a down year. But Ayuk's there. Debo's there. The running game's going a little bit. You got Garoppolo. They're at home. It's against the team, as Dan mentioned, that they've dominated. And look, if they could just slow down Cooper Cup, I believe the 49ers are in this game. I believe this is kind of like one of those, um, you know, it's like a gut check type of game for San Fran. It's time to man up and go out there and 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 play your best football on both sides of the ball. So I really think the line's telling us um, that the books are the books are are going to welcome Rams action in this game, and I don't want any part of it. This looks like the trap game of the year for me. So I'm going to tease the 49ers up. I can get them through seven. I can get them through ten. I can get them all the way up to ten and a half. If I choose a six and a half point teaser, which that's what I'm going to do. Um, I feel pretty comfortable and confident in that pick. I believe the 49ers are not as bad, you know, as they looked last week. But uh, we'll throw it over to Smooth. We'll, we'll get his recommendation on this one. But to me, that is one of the stinkiest lines that I've seen this entire year. So Smooth, I'll throw it over to you, Rams and your 49ers. What do you think? Um, just a quick handicap for this matchup. Um, I was kind of leaning towards towards the Rams. Um, but like you already mentioned, um, I think the line is just too big to lay, you know, with them getting four on the road. And, you know, both teams didn't play well, you know, uh, like you mentioned already. But, you know, if you if you had to – if I had to feel confident on a team that would bounce back the strongest this week, it would be the Rams. And for this matchup, I think it will come down to um, – one big, you know, one big reason why I like the Rams in this matchup, and that's, you know, turnovers. You know, the Rams, you know, offense, they're one of the better teams in taking care of the ball. Um, the 49ers defense is one of the worst in creating turnovers. And the 49ers offense is one of the worst in taking care of the ball with Jimmy Garoppolo um, throwing his picks and, you know, other turnovers that he has, you know, fumbles and all that other type of stuff. And the Rams defense is one of the better defenses in the league at creating turnovers. So, I think that will be the factor that will come down to deciding, you know, uh, the team that, you know, uh, covers this spread. And when you throw in the fact that I already mentioned that, you know, last year, um, you know, the, the the 49ers, you know, they won all the matchups. And I know the Rams and Sean McVay, you know, that's got to be on the back of their minds. And um, just, just speaking a little bit about, you know, my 49ers, um, everybody knows I'm a 49ers fan and, uh, I think I tweeted last week when we were getting embarrassed by the Cardinals that, you know, that Super Bowl run in 2019 uh, just seems like a long time ago. Um, you know, I'm not one of the guys out there that are calling for, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan to to be fired or anything like that. Um, I still think that he's one of uh, one of the better, you know, young coaches in the league. But I think there needs to be, you know, an adjustment to his approach to the game as far as, you know, being a little bit more, uh, being a little bit more, leaning more to the passing game than the running game and not having, you know, your, your better players like Adebo Samuel or George Kittle, um, you know, blocking more than running routes and catching the ball downfield. And, you know, I think that team in that Super Bowl run with Jimmy Garoppolo just peaked. Um, yeah, they got there and they were, you know, eight or nine minutes away from winning it, but, um, 
facts remain that, you know, they weren't able to pull it off. But since then, you know, it's just been downhill. And, you know, I think, you know, Shanahan feeling the pressure, rightfully so. You know, he's been there since 2017. And, you know, since 2017, you know, their record is 34 and 41 straight up, you know, which is 18th in the league and 34, 40 and one against the spread, which is the eighth worst in the league. And they're only 10 and 11 against the spread as home favorites, which is fourth worst in the league. So um, there just has to be, I think there just has to be some changes to how he approaches the game. And, you know, I think you got to start with the quarterback position when you give up as much as you give up, you know, to move up to Trav, Trey Lance who's going to be the the quarterback of the future. Um, you know, you got to, you got to get him out there and, and get reps under his belt, uh, go through the growing pains. You, you know, you're already, you know, five games behind the uh, behind the Rams, behind the Cardinals, four games behind the Rams in your own division. Um, playoff chances are, you know, slim to none. And even if you do make it to the playoffs, you know, if you're able to go on a run or anything like that, um, you're not serious Super Bowl contender. So the best thing that I think that they can do is, you know, to start the process with Trey Lance and, you know, you got to get him up to speed as soon as possible because, this team does still have some some great pieces on the roster, but they're a little bit older. So the timeline for the development of Trey Lance doesn't match up with the timeline of the rest of the veteran players that they have on the roster, whether them being older or, you know, having to pay guys, uh, you know, some big money here. When we're talking about George Kittle and some of those other guys, you know, just pay Fred Warner. You got Trent Williams. When you got him, you gave him a new contract. So, you got to get Trey Lance out there and get that development process rolling as fast as you can, because I think Kyle Shanahan's only saving grace right now for his job is, you know, how uh, quickly, um, you know, Trey Lance is developed. And if he can reach his potential that, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, you know, believe that they had on draft day and, you know, when they passed up, you know, Mac Jones, who's playing really, really well in this rookie year at quarterback. And you look at some other quarterbacks that they passed up over the years um, I think it's going to come down to Trey Lance and how he turns out to, you know, see how long, how much longer, you know, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch stick around. So that's just my two cents on, you know, uh, on my 49ers. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully they prove me wrong and can turn it around and look a lot better than what they have. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, there's a good conversation from Smooth there on the 49ers and what he expects. Hopefully you guys expect us to do well this week. I believe that we will. Uh, big thanks to Smooth and big thanks to Dan for jumping on. You guys can find them on Twitter at Dan Rivera228 at Smooth underscore 702. You guys can get me on Twitter as well at SleepyJ underscore pregame. And you can find all three of us on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the game.